Traffic jam, traffic jam. What's your favorite jam? Traffic jam. What's wrong with raspberry? What's wrong with plum? How's about a blob of elderberry on a scone? What's your favourite jam? Traffic jam, it's the jam for a man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, jam. You're so slick. Words fail me. It, uh, let me finish with some folks look like this and some folks look like that. But the way I look, don't call me jam because I'm built for jelly. I'm not uh, what, something like that. Um, this is the Evening Tickler with Steve and Julian. I didn't get that blues song right, but I'm going to revisit that in a little bit. And we have the lovely Betty Powell with us, a, a new person in our community who is sparkling, bright, and cheery. I don't know, Julian, whether or not we can handle somebody who is so optimistic oh, and we sweet. Can, we can. Oh, 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 we could totally handle her. Okay. All right. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, totally. <laughs> uh, for, for all of the moments that I've known Betty, she is that sort of person that if you gave 20 feet of rope to hang herself with, she would run the 20 feet out and then yank you so hard off your feet that you wouldn't know what the cliche meant. Am I correct on that? <laughs> well, you can't really well, ask the person that themselves, you know, can they? I'll no, let, you'd I'll have to others, ask me, and yeah, I don't know. Others can decide that. Because yeah, the yeah. southern women, <laughs> the southern women uh, that I've known, um, are truly that uh, steel fist with a velvet glove over it. Oh, and, honey. All know. of them? The oh, whole honey, lot? Child. No, yeah, it's got to no, be the business. That's exactly. Yeah. Did you hear the velvet glove right there? <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> and if you take issue with it, you, you understand that there's a little bit of spine. Are you Southern there. from the start, always? Kentucky. Really, Kentucky is a, a border state, so. Sounds Southern to it. It's like an English person. We think the, Kentucky, and it sounds like as far south as you can go. Well, I don't even know where it is. I mean, I can be more Southern, but. You know, depends. We, we don't need a performance. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing fine. <laughs> the, 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 the charm of a Southern woman has writ itself on history in ways that um, we won't get into tonight. But they say that all wars are fought over women, and we've had a few wars between the North and the South. And I don't think the story's ever been written about how men fought for their women and the southern bell if you will was really the ultimate cause for the conflict it wasn't anything else it wasn't <laughs> oh that's uh, what it was no oh, it wasn't racial right. it oh, wasn't right. you are going down the wrong road baby <laughs> it was, it wasn't the gun. <laughs> yeah it's got nothing to do with any of those things we that people to, talked about we in the century to no, no, Bet, Betty, betty's an expert in <laughs> oh, dig, 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 let him in dig himself deeper anyone literature. who knows me will tell you <laughs> I know. change the subject no no stay no yeah. Okay. I just wanted to prove to all of you people out there that are listening that there is a steel hand in there. That's all. Right. I, I don't believe a thing I just said. Oh, good. Thank but, God for that. Um, you have a history behind you and a biography as long as uh, as long as old man Rip Van Winkle's beard. Uh, <laughs> academic. Okay. Was that a compliment? I think that, I'm not sure that was no, a compliment. So old man Rip Van Winkle has a long beard. I know. Now let's just let's hit the high points. Um, uh, you were uh, in charge of academic affairs at a national college. Um, you are an expert in antique uh, fabrics and textiles. I wouldn't say No, I'm not an expert, no. A practitioner. A practitioner. Um, you know lots about animal husbandry. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You are um, a mother to very successful children, one of them I know. You are a... Um, uh, your heart is shaped by community spirit, which gets to the softer, more beautiful things behind your beautiful face. It, those are just the things that I can pull out of a hat right now. Continue on. What what other <laughs> oh my uh, accomplishments? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I mean, sell just, yourself. Yeah, uh, right. Like if that wasn't yeah. quite enough. <laughs> it's, it's a beginning. Well, I mean, so, I don't know. But wait, 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 wait. So you got all that stuff. Animal you come from. Wait, wait, wait. No, no the, the, the answer is in the question. Because he got all that stuff, whatever that stuff that he just said. 
and you don't come from here. You come from right. miles away. That's right. And you said at the beginning, or we said, or somebody said, just since October. Yes. Well, so that so what? So what the hell are you doing? It. I moved here in October. Um, well, I had been coming to Bovina for about ten years. My son um, has a vacations place there, and I just the first time I saw it, I knew I loved it. And I even said to my husband, um, you know, why don't we think about getting a spot there too? But he wouldn't hear of it because he hates snow and, you know, that kind of thing. So um, so we came, and um, then my husband passed away a little over a year ago, and um, I'm just looking for a new place, you know, a mm, new beginning. The reinvention. New people, reinvention, yeah. uh, redefining myself, and... Um, Neil said, my son, um, why don't you come to Bovina? And I thought, well, why don't yeah. I come to Bovina? Yeah. And is, you did. Is it all about a new place, or is there some aspect of exercising an old place as well? Well, it feels like um, we, we raised our kids on a uh, – we were both raised in Louisville, Kentucky. And when Larry got home from Vietnam, um, after a couple of years, we decided we didn't want to be in the city anymore – and um, there was a family farm available, so we bought that and moved our kids to um, south-central Kentucky to a little town called Caneyville, which is about 900 people, and uh, raised them and had a little pig farm. And um, So it's kind of like coming here is kind of like going back home in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, mm-hmm. really. Um, mm-hmm. Although I have to say I find this community so much more welcoming than the one that we went to in Kentucky. Um, outsiders are always outsiders, but um, here I just I feel like people have reached out to me, and I mean here I am at your you know your radio show. Yeah, but we're desperate. You are. I, I, I heard <laughs> no. on the street. I, I told someone I was coming here, and they said, oh, well, don't feel honored. Don't feel flattered. They, <laughs> they, they had a poodle on last week. They don't have anybody. So, uh, but that is not true. Is that really what they said? No. Who said? <laughs> I haven't told anybody. It's <laughs> an outrage. Slander. Um, but wait, uh, one thing you said at the beginning of all of that. So you said he came back from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Was there, is, uh, and by you saying that, that seemed to suggest that there was something about that that, that was a change, or there was something that there was something seminal oh, about well, about that. Yeah, I mean, we married when we were nineteen mm-hmm. and um, had known each other since first grade. Sweet. And um, so we married and had our first child, Neil. And uh, then Larry got orders for Vietnam and uh, went in 1968, just in time for the Tet Offensive. Mm-hmm. And he was in that area that was, you know, pretty, pretty active. Mm-hmm. So um, he was wounded there and came home and was in and out of the hospital for like 15 years. And wow. Um, um, so you know, it was. Pretty pivotal. Um, so that's why I say, and you know, we decided after a couple of years that um, we didn't want to be in the city. We're really both. We were really both nature people, and wanted our children to grow up in a place where they would have nature right around them and be able to. What was the aspect you know, about it that was pivotal? What was it? What was it? What was different after? What, why did you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, well, my older brother had been to Vietnam already and come home a very different person. And um, so when I knew Larry was going, I just started reading everything about Vietnam that I could find, histories, just everything. And um, my dad had been in World War Two, and he, as according to my mom, um, came home a very different person. So I knew Larry was going to come home very different, and he did. How? Um, well, um, before he left, he was just kind of the life of the party. Larry Powell was the guy you want to know, mm. you know, in our crowd. And um, I was always kind of the, I mean, nobody knew me. I was just kind of the, the academic you said on the sidelines. And um, so, but when he came home, he wasn't that any longer. And 
had a very dark sense of humor. and um, So it took a lot of readjusting. Um, and it took a long, 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 long time to, to do it. Hmm. So, um, so, so it's all the standard, in a way, you know, the kind of thing that I think about of the demons, the stuff. The... Oh, yeah. I don't think anybody ever can go to war and come back the same person. And, and they may seem to. You know, there may be this um, public facade where people are able to um, put on this per- persona, but um, I just don't believe it. I, I've seen too much of it myself. And my younger brother then, after Larry came home, my younger brother went to Vietnam and was wounded really horribly. And uh, he was only he was only 18 when he went, and his life was pretty much... Well, it was just altered horribly. So. When young men and women go through events that are, um, the metaphor is correct, going through the fire and, and getting burned, uh, uh, there's, the, there's, the, um, there's the notion that, um, as in a refiner's fire, at that point in your life, things get burned off that are not important because you pay attention with having lost so much. Um, what you still have and, and what's to be gained. And so there is this assumption that there's redemption. And I think it's one of the great um, romantic fallacies about going to war. That um, I mean, empathy and softness and gentleness and so on do That's come from That's just a myth, that. isn't it? Well, it, it's something on the table to discuss right now. And Betty's lived with a person that went through that. Did it round him out or did it... Um, lead him to places where his humanity and his ability to breathe and explore knowing the fragility of life and so on uh, had had come to him in a very personal way. Did, did that happen to Larry at all, where he was gentled or redeemed through the uh, battles that he fought? Um, you know, that's, that's, really, that's really an interesting question. Um, you know, my first my first thought was that, you know, no, it hardened him. Mm-hmm. It made him, it made him recognize that, from his view, that life was very short, and you better get what you can while you can get it. Oh, really? Um, but on the other hand, um, he did have such a gentleness about him that, um, you know, he watched his friends die. And he was there with them. So, um, you know, talking about the war was really difficult. And it took a lot of tumult in our marriage, I think, for us to finally get to the place where he would um, talk very openly. and uh, Experiences, stuff that yeah, he'd seen. experiences right. that he never told anyone else, I think, except the guys who experienced it with him. Yeah. Well, to get to a point where you feel safe to explore that with anybody um, means that you're starting to look at it maybe for the first time yourself. Because the, when you experience war or horrible trauma, um, it's really a, a hallmark card. It's one-two punch in my experience where when it happens, all you're doing is experiencing it. You're not processing. You're not thinking. You're just basically acting like an animal uh, in it. And sometimes you're trained for it, but sometimes mostly you're just responding. Then if you survive, the reflection process is where um, the story begins because there's always the event, but the story never happens in the event. It happens afterwards. And when you get to a point where you can start to tell um, somebody that you love and feel safe with that story, it can be remarkable mm-hmm. and healing. I mean, the, it, because it's a form of confession. Um, and and with that, there are real emotions that come out. I mean, the, the the weeping and crying that happens, particularly experiencing loss the way he did, um, and uh, is that can be cathartic, and it can it can both tear apart a relationship and it can bond it in ways that um, is rare yeah. that that two people can oh, yeah. in holding something that terrible fine it's one of the paradox great paradoxes that it ultimately becomes a, a glue um but you're here in bovina because you've gone through that again you've you've gone through a horrible loss 
and in the grieving, um, you will transform yourself. You oh, will become yeah. something. Um, maybe you don't even know what that is because the, that stage, the chrysalis. I think we will, need more booze. Um, Good God. Is, uh, I think I've got to go lie down. <laughs> I just want to say, one thing, one thing I think you both will We generally save this for the second half of the show. <laughs> no, say something nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say? This is something say I think yeah, you yeah, both yeah. will appreciate. One of the things, this, was, this is so interesting to me because, um, as I told you earlier, I've always been a voracious reader, and one of my favorite authors is Kurt Vonnegut. And um, his novel, Slaughterhouse-Five, um, you know, he was, he was there for the Dresden bombing. Mm. And it took him so, so many years to finally be able to write about it. I think he said he wrote, he wrote like 5,000 pages mm. before he ever got to this tiny little novel that he wrote. And um, so after I read it, I, I thought, this is something that can help us talk mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. war mm-hmm. and so larry read it mm. and you know i'm such a believer in literature that i mean it's always been kind of my religion since i gave up the catholic church it's um been my religion and i really believe that whatever you're looking for out there it's you can find it in literature and science um so and which vonnegut brings to everything he writes mm. science so, um, anyway, that's just kind of an anecdote of... But that's what we're all searching for, isn't it? I mean, isn't that, uh, that's true, I think, in that religious sense, because you start to recognize, if you have a, what you perceive to be as a unique, a unique experience, and I haven't had anything close, not, you know, a million minor than divorces and, the, you know, the usual things that people go through. Well, that, I mean, they're pretty traumatic. Yeah, they are traumatic, but it's not like your friend's yeah. dying in trenches yeah, next to you or whatever. Right. Um, oh, I, I would take issue with that. <laughs> right. Well, yours. <laughs> yours might have been. I have a lot. Well, anyway, right. But they, and, but, and keep it light. Keep but, it light Yeah, over yeah, there. but the poetry <laughs> thing. But I agree with you with the poetry thing or with the literature thing because the moment that you uh, read, the moment that you connect that empathy with someone who lived in 1642 or someone who lived in 1972 or someone. And it's like, all the same. Everybody's been it's through all this. The same. And yeah. then there's some sense of like, I'm just on a human journey. Exactly. And this yeah. is what human beings do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that is amazing. You know, when you find those moments and you're pacing around the house at two o'clock in the morning because you just read something that felt like it came out of your own brain. Right. But maybe they even said it better than you. you've been trying to articulate it. Right. Exactly. And you've never been able to. And someone yeah. just said it in a sentence. Those are orgasmic. Exactly. You get on the internet, you start sending it to people, yeah. and they're like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? You <laughs> right, right. <Yeah. laughs> freak!" But you're like, "Oh my god, I have to get it out because um, it's a wormhole through to eternity." Yeah. You, you, to, uh, you can do uh, that yeah. in yeah. bovina. You can open your windows up and and express yourself. Just shout and have those epiphanies. <laughs> shout it's out the window. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout okay. a bit of Wilfred Owen people, out the window. People, people are like, "He's understand. shouting Wilfred mm-hmm. Owen again." They're not going to say the crazy woman who just moved here. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're going to do no, that. But they've seen lots of crazy. That's okay too. Really, I don't care. You're uh, only the latest crazy woman yeah. who left, who moved here. <laughs> the bar is the bar is very low. Um, now, listen. Okay. I want to know this. What what did you give up in the Catholic Church that you found in literature? Were you, oh. were you devout? Oh, I wanted to be a nun. Absolutely. Okay, oh, so I want to be a nun too. Oh, a, I want to be a nun Let's now. Let's go together. We'll yeah, go. I'll do it. I'll be it. Okay, we can, we can start it. you off. I can with tuck. The, with the oh. said, I've already said that with once. You did, but yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> but that would be really Julian? an easy tuck. There. I know, but for a long time. Oh, I'd really? have to, well, what I'm kind of tuck. nun do you want to be? Uh, I want to be yes. one. I want to be one of those ones, whatever the equivalent of not the Trappist, but the ones. The, ro- the no, royal. Those are monks. Those, those aren't. Those I know, but the nuns. ones that, that talk sometimes. <laughs> You've already achieved oh, that. You oh, are the royal oh. nun, such. So, let's but it's see. not about Julian. I want to get back. To, <laughs> let's talk and, nun. And, and have, you, to... have you read The Bell by Iris <laughs> Murdoch? Oh, absolutely. Oh my God! What a great bell. nun book. Uh, <laughs> great nun book. Oh, Julian, we got to talk about nuns. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, What's he trying to say over there? I hear uh, noises uh, on my left hand side. It's a very vast He's trying to draw us back in. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah. many people say that whatever form you look for, be it the church or literature, or hunting for mushrooms, you are you are um, through faith looking to explore love, and um, 
so I throw that yeah. out. I mean, and it's amazing how how that thread weaves through so many things that we do now, and we have always looked to some form of a faith because we feel it in our bones that there's something bigger than ourselves. Many people are very spiritual, but they aren't, you know, religious. But mm -hmm. you can find that in, I mean, you can find that in a drop of water, or huh. you, can, you can find it easier in a beautiful book. Um, you know, where I find it a lot is um, in Walt Whitman. Mm. Walt Whitman is kind of my, Leaves of Grass is my mm. Bible. Mm. I go back to it over and over and over and over again. Do you have one of those minds where you can quote us your favorite line? <laughs> oh, it's so awkward because then you slide in. I'll get fact checked and then I'll be in trouble. <laughs> I just wanted to put another little thing on your list. Wait, of isn't Leaves of Grass what Bill Clinton gave to Monica Lewinsky? What, that oh, started the whole story? Don't tell me. Don't, don't get on that path. To yeah, I tried that earlier. That. He gave other things too. Well, he gave yeah. other things, right. I'm sure. But, right. but we'll leave the grass, <sighs> yes. Oh, well, he didn't deserve grass. Leaves of Grass. He Do should not, not even, he should be banished. Do you know, I think it is. It's one of those books that guys, they go, uh, it's like a winner. Oh, it's that? a winner. I mean, it's for everybody. But they go into like poetry and things and they're like, oh, I'm going to give it. It's the American book. But they give it to like a woman and it's, uh, it's like, you know what I mean? I thought Blood Marinian was yeah. the American no. book. Oh, I don't, I mean. <laughs> that be ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, Cormac McCarthy is so much more American than Walt Whitman. <laughs> some dude no, is going to. No, no, oh, no, no. Some dude is going to. You protest too okay, much. Okay, <laughs> all right. I'm going to get you on Facebook. You wait. I know. I'm scared of you already. <laughs> it makes sense that you would say that Cormac McCarthy was. Well, uh, it would be because I study American culture today. Um, that America that you're talking about doesn't exist anymore. It that never did an, exist. It's mm -hmm. an ideal, but the ideal doesn't exist anymore. What do you mean? Of the America, the America that is defined in leaves of grass. Oh, we've given up on that. The spirit and the the openness and the curiosity and the wonder doesn't exist in this country oh, no, anymore. Oh, no, 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 because leaves of grass, I mean, it begins with um, Song of Myself, but it ends with... Um, um, I can't remember the name of the poem, but it's the ebb and flow of life. And, I mean, Whitman gets very dark because the Civil War happens, and he is a nurse in the Civil War. So his poetry becomes really rather dark mm. and pessimistic. Mm. And uh, then he sees himself as, um, here's a quote, mm -hmm. um, he calls his words in his poetry loose windrows um, mm. that you know, just go out to the sea and are not known anymore. Mm -hmm. So that um, that effervescence that he has in Song of Myself really dissipates in a very profound way throughout the throughout the book of poems. Um, so you know, I don't know. I mean, he's always he's always um, you know promoting this idea of America that is strong and virile and um, sad to say, it's only virile. It's um, well, that was the time. That was <laughs> although that was I mean, in Song of Myself, he brings in everybody, but um, you know, it was a kind of the time. But that that kind of goes away a little bit. Mm -hmm. He understands that the Civil War was such a huge turning turning point for this country, and it was ugly and couldn't be understood really. A him or anybody else yeah. at the time. Do you write poetry? Oh, on my own, I yeah. do. do have you shared it with? Uh, will you share it with? Uh, Oof, on the, the radio now? Are no. You, are you out of your mind? You I, well, oh. yes, I am out of my <laughs> mind. Thank you very much. But I wouldn't ever suppose would that you would Would you please take all your now. clothes off and dance on the table? <laughs> I'll tell you something. I'm not... I'm not um, <laughs> I'm not as courageous as you are to put my art out there on Facebook. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can suffer the slings and arrows. I think with you the got some feedback them. today on one of your pieces. I did. It was some such a stupid, corny joke that I put up, and it, it's interesting, isn't oh, it? Oh, it wasn't corny. I know. Well, it is a fly. That was a very corny jo visual joke. I, I'm doing a series of fly fishing illustrations for the new. Catscales uh, Trout Tales, which is coming up April 7th. And so one of them I did today was a guy fishing in a river. And there is a large woman in the river, like the 50-foot-tall woman. Not really. And it's just the torso. It's just the torso. 
<laughs> but um, the fly fisherman has caught it. her fly in, her, in, the, in the zipper, and that was the joke. And it, it got a lot of responses, didn't it? <laughs> because it has a sexual thing. Well, to it. yeah, there's a little, there's some energy, some sexual energy to it, because the torso is a woman's torso, and, and the zipper is down. Um, but I, I wanted to put that there as an illustrator because it's a, it's a stupid joke, a fly, fly fisherman, and you have to add a little bit of energy to it if anybody's going to pay attention. And I thought that that was a, a very easy farce. And boy, it Did got you sexualized. Think wrong, and, baby. And, and, uh, <laughs> and some guy threw in this really, I didn't understand Bad. it. He, he, he threw in something about shooting. Why don't you just shoot it with a bow and arrow? Yeah, well, and bow, I didn't understand it. Bow fishing might be more effective is what he said. And I didn't understand it all, so I just left it. But I know that when people look at illustrations, where their mind goes is unfathomable because and that's the problem with art is you know you do it and you do it uh and as an illustrator a cartoonist i hope i get a very simple reaction but you never know what people and that was one of those things where i went huh well, I and then you it. came back but you came back yeah. with the you know this is a violent thing that you've well, said well first i said though to your oh, you original drawing yeah i said um I'm glad she's large enough to swat him away. Right. You know, that was a smiley yeah. face, yeah. right? Yeah, no, that was... And then a, this was... guy came in and said, um, bow fishing might be more effective. And then I came back and said... Well, you were <laughs> very What was he polite. implying by that? He was... Well, bow fishing, you know, they use bows with this barb on it. And it, you know, it goes through the body of the fish and they hook it out. And... Um, so, you know, I mean, for me, that's a very violent image. Well, not for me, just it is a very violent image. Yeah, yeah. And violence against women isn't something that we can. Oh, uh, he was promoting a little bit of like, well, yeah, I don't you think you got to go that yeah. way. But you didn't. I don't think you did. No, no. no. But, it's not in my spirit. But wait, um, back to your original point there of, of like you saying that. Um, he, you're not as bold as him doing that. I said it was. I'm glad enough. She. It was a. The torso of the woman is really large, and this little guy, you know, he's tiny, tiny, and he has this little um, fly, fly fisher rod. thing, and he's trying to pull her, right. pull her in. Right. And um, I said, I'm, I'm glad she's large enough to swat him away. Right, right, right. You know, he's just an irritant. <laughs> but then this other guy came in and had to start the other right, stuff. Right, right, right. So, but but you know, for you to share your poems is very different from you. I mean. That was flattering for you to say, like, hey, I'm not as bold as you are. To put. But you're not as invested in that either. You're part of the reason that you're doing that. Oh, I don't well, know. That's mm. art. I, I, no, I, but part of the reason you're doing it is because you're trying to provoke a response. And yeah, you did. And, and I did. I laughed I was, the whole time because it, I, it, I, did too. I said, I know Steve is trying to make this happen. Yeah, uh -huh. and plus or minus, you don't really care. You just want a response. Well, I do care. I, I, when I put those things out, I want people to... No, but um, if someone's annoyed like or someone's like, I think this is stupid or whatever, you're, that's part of the game, yeah? Absolutely. You're not like... Well, no, absolutely. It, whereas if, My you, if you put your poems out there, it would be mortifying if people came... I mean... It, oh, no, it, I'm a writer. And, um, it, you know, you learn early on that you need to have a, a thin skin. I mean, a thick skin when you put mm -hmm. your writing out there. And the you're same a with writer art. and a poet and a... Well, I'm more of a writer than a poet. <laughs> the list continues to get longer. I know. You're I mean, we're going to run out of beard here soon. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Old man Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> are, uh, are you currently published somewhere? Yes, I'm published. I, well, during my, um, uh, following my PhD, I uh, published a lot of things. Uh -huh. Um, uh -huh. Academic? Yeah. Uh, Academic, pieces? yeah. In uh, women's writing and, and African-American literature? Both, and, uh -huh. right. Mm -hmm. And do you ever do anything that's silly? Oh, um, yeah. I'm Can, a, I, uh, yeah I have do. you ever pulled something out of your dog that you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's silly. <laughs> do you want that story? <laughs> oh, my goodness. We were driving over here, and we were getting to know each other and talking about it. The question was this. Um, Betty, what what have you done today that was interesting? <laughs> and she said, well, you know, I dabble in the, the dark arts of fabrics and so on. I've got all of this stuff on the floor. And I'm babysitting this dog, this tiny dog, and, and it evidently was eating all of uh, the ribbon and, and thread <laughs> because I looked at it, and there was something coming out of its business end. And I said to myself, 
oh my, in my southern way, but um, in my nurturing way, I reached forward to, gra- <laughs> to grab the offending <laughs> line, and lo and behold, it didn't stop coming out. It was my lost ribbon, <laughs> and she went on to with some detail. Um, it clued me into the fact that she is, yes, a poet. <laughs> and I thought, man, you can line up a thousand people and ask them the question, what did you do today? And there are going to be very few that say I pulled a no, ribbon out of my but dog's no, butt. Julian I, am, one I immediately had it. Everybody well, okay. has pulled something out of some no, butthole uh, every day. Ju- Julian, you That's are one in a million. Life. No. Uh, yes, you up and are. down, up and down. If you went up and down Bovina today there's a few po- people pulling oh, things I'm out sure. of buttholes and steve oh, i'm sure goodness. you do out of your animals um yeah I, out of himself i just try to i <laughs> i call them ideas ill-formed ideas you're listening to wyx community radio live and local in the catskill mountains at 91.3 oh, fm and on mtc cable <laughs> channel 20 Get us at WIOXradio.org in um, the Philippines right now. You can get that in Manila, where my sister is listening right now. It's 12 hours later. She's not. Does she she tune in? She does. Uh, This is the Evening Tickler with Betty Powell and Julian and Steve. And, uh, boy, this is more fun than a box full of hammers. WIOX is supported by (laughs) Berkshire Farm Center and Services for Youth. Offering information and help to individuals and families interested in foster parenting and dispelling foster care myths, including the need for a full-time long-term commitment, having to be married, or being too young to foster. Berkshire Farm Center and Services for Youth. Changing lives, creating futures since 1886. Learn more about foster care at 844-427-5747 or berkshirefarm.org. WIOX is supported by the Roxbury Arts Group, presenting their Frame of Mind film series, featuring films by filmmakers with ties to the Catskills region, plus Q&A sessions with producers, directors, and cast members following each screening. At the Roxbury Arts Center on Vega Mountain Road in Roxbury, New York, Saturday and Sunday, March 24th and 25th. Details and showtimes at 607-326-7908 or RoxburyArtsGroup.org. And so um, <laughs> this box of hammers that we're uh, You know what always with. happens? The <laughs> interval? All kinds of stuff starts happening in this little, what did we have there, 45 seconds? Yeah. And then we come over and we, like get, and we change the yeah, subject. Yeah, I know, in 45 seconds. Again. What is that? Yeah, I don't know what, it's is exuberance. Is it just the, the uh, magnifying glass falls on this and we feel like we have to... Exhibit some kind of decorum. Why don't we just do what we do during the hole? What I want to know from... During the hole? During the interval. Like, that was what was just being said there. I'm like, I've never heard that before. No, Uh, I hadn't either. Yeah. But you're not the subject. It's no big deal. I'm the subject. Um, (laughs) There's, um, you know, all of us are are the literal onions, and we have so many peels, and, and we're all of an age where we have secrets and we've had other lives. And uh, but right now, our our lives, I feel like I, Julian and I would love to be the Bovina Welcoming Committee, and we would love to bring to you, Betty, the new, our newest member of the community that's literate and and very attractive. Our 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 welcome box, and in our welcome box, Julian and I have collected all of what these. What was that noise that just escaped your mouth? All of these. Um, I don't know what to expect. All of yeah, these gifts from the uh, from the Bovina community that represents Bovina. Okay, it is a measure of our heart to you. And if you shake it, you won't hear anything rattling around because there's really nothing in, in it at all, except for this. Except for this, the va- the vapors that are in this box are the the love that we have for ourselves and the attention that we pay to um, what we all need. And, um, and and that's complex. Like Walt Whitman, there's a dark side and there's a light side. You know, the town can be a little bit mean and it's gossipy, um, sometimes small-minded ways. But, boy, if you have a problem, mm-hmm. 
people are lined up out the door. Yep. Um, and Julian and I would like to present you with that box full of information. Um, if if you feel like you're going to be persecuted in our don't worry, because when you have a real problem, we're going to be there for you. <laughs> you know, it's definitely true. Thank you. You know, that's I def- accept it with all graciousness. Yeah. Well, you got to earn all it. Southern yeah, you can, yeah. I have to earn it? You have to earn it by I failing. thought you just gave it to me. No, you, you, we can't give until you need something. And the need is what we're all waiting for. First, it'll be gossiped about, and then it will be attended oh to. You don't need anything. Um, I don't think I even want that. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, just keep not needing anything. <laughs> Uh, Julian wanted to tell you a little bit more about that. Well, no, but that is actually an interesting thing because it's true that, um, you know, one of the things that kind of throws me off here, because I don't come from here either, but you've experienced this probably even more so down south, is that um, I constantly have to, you know, living in a a place where maybe uh, the general tenor of politics or the general tenor of of a belief system is not something that's natural to me. Here, upstate New York, it's more right wing or whatever than I'm used to and blah, blah, blah. I'm not living in in my, you know. Me too, yeah. Right. So there's all of that. And so I'm constantly moving through a process where I'm kind of outraged by the fact that I've ended up in a place where that kind of stuff, where I'm like, I know my next door neighbor, for instance, not my particular next door neighbor, but I know somebody, you know, is adheres to certain things or whatever. And so I get into a place where I can, where, where, where I'm driven crazy. And then all of a sudden acts of simple human kindness come up where I have to recognize, you know what it is a little bit? It's like, it's almost like, uh, this is, a, this is an analogy. It's not being literal. But it's almost like there are points where you recognize the wife beater next door is also the person who just cl- cleared your, your driveway for you, for you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, uh, oh. mm. hmm. that's, that's, those are two extremes on the end. If it's a wife beater next the... door. Yeah, I know, I'm not being literal. I'm saying as an analogy, I'm saying that, that something that's completely disagreeable is also something that... that where you're like, oh my God, that's kind of oh, amazing, yeah, of and you're course. constantly I mean, having yes. to. Yes. That must be something to a degree, yes. in a village down south or whatever that you're dealing with all the time. Yeah. I think everywhere, right? I mean, it's everywhere. People live next door to each other and have very different ideas about. Well, yeah. No, come life on. And every, and particularly it's in everywhere. rural towns, every house has a Bible and a gun. Okay, there's your metaphor for you, and and with that and the conflict that's represented is a story. And you can walk in and you can find both of them used and, and, and abused. Um, but that's the, that's the beginning and the end of it, the Bible and the gun. People, I think, I think at the bottom line, I think generally people will, in a time of crisis or need, people will reach out and help other people. Um, if they don't, then, you know, screw them. Yeah, but how does that... <laughs> yeah, well said, oh, right? Yeah, no, but how and does that... And we've got your back. No, but how does that, that reconcile itself? Because that's entirely true. Of course, that's entirely true. On a, on a local level, that's entirely true. How does that reconcile itself with the fact that we need a broader uh, movement? You know what I'm trying to say? It's like, like I can... I can I can be here and I can sit in that place and I can feel... Uh, I can feel supported by the fact that that that, that does happen on a local level. And yet on a broader level, I can be completely freaked out by the fact that I I seem to be in a place that doesn't fit with the broader notion of where where I would think society should be going. Well, hmm. Hmm. no. Well, uh, can you say that again in one sentence quickly, <laughs> three times uh, I'm backwards? S- I guess I'm just I saying. I do know what you're saying. I, I think what I heard um, is that on a macro level. Yeah, that's all it is. You know, we get all of this. We get all of this stuff pushed at us. Yep. In terms of what's going on in the world and in the United States mm. and the administration and blah, blah, blah. And yet when you bring it down to the micro level. It's all good. It's not all good, but good. Yeah. 
and they can be pretty good. Yeah, but the movement between those two it's, is a, I can't find a middle ground. Yeah. To me, to me, to me, when I place all of my faith in the micro. I find myself, you know, we're doing the, the project that I talked about with yeah. uh, Winnie about yeah. going over to Auschwitz or whatever. You know, I look at that micro level. I look at a village like Auschwitz and I look at the micro level and I recognize that what was going on, even in the lead up to, to World War Two, mm -hmm. within that, while on the macro level, stuff was going down right in that place that was stuff that we would all imagine. Like when we were in school, we were like, oh, I would have stood up and said no or whatever. No. That wasn't going down. On a micro level, they're still they're digging each other's driveways. They're like, oh, Sally's sick. We're going to take her some sugar. You know, all of the bovina stuff that's going on. Right. And, like, and yet this big, broad thing is being deliberately overlooked and nobody's standing up on the macro level. Yeah, and, I mean, the United States was part of that. Sure. Video, right? Sure. And now with a situation where we find ourselves in a very odd situation with our belief system and you know who we don't like anymore and who we want to push away or whatever it smells a little bit like that thing that we studied in history class that we it said oh a whole lot like it. right and we said oh if that ever happened in my village if these people were driven out if the mexicans were coming taken away from fleischmann's i would stand there or whatever turns out we don't mm -hmm. it turns out self-interest steps in at that point and you look the other way well i'd i'd, I'd say this um and it's not an excuse for why it happens, but it is uh, somewhat of an explanation. Um, when, when we are in the grip of it, when we are on our event horizon in the present and these things are going on, we don't have the luxury of hindsight. And, and what you're saying in but terms of it... But that's no, what no, history no, no, is no. supposed to do. Uh, yeah. Well, it's supposed to do that. But history is about what was gained and lost and judgments are written. Histories are written. They're stories that sit on top of the event. And so they are crafted by people that have a certain perspective. When you're in the grip of it, people have predispositions that might be wrong, but they're going to think that they're right. And that is always the problem, and that's never going to change. And we are always going to walk up, I believe, to a point where conflict is the only resolve and that's a really dark place to look but i don't think that um what you're suggesting is that if you stand up on a table and you scream and you say we've seen this happen before and certainly we can do that um that it's going to have it will have no real effect on well, this which is the day of the locust concept and, it, and it's what tolstoy talked about he said you cannot look to hitler or stalin or any of these leaders and say they were responsible for well, it is an amalgamation of a thousand million little bites by ducks of course it's complicity that bleed you to death of course and um all i'm saying as a sort of a really cynical realist is that you can try, and you should try, and we do try. But I don't think that you know standing in that river when it really starts. I don't to know go what it all means. Has then. much effect. I don't know what it all means. I then. think everything. I, I really believe that everything we do has an effect. Mm -hmm. um, I think there is something of a ripple effect, of, mm -hmm. um, and we might not we might not know it, we might not feel it, but it's there. It so goes into the universe. Good, good, good or bad. Good or bad. Okay. It happens. So in a situation where some, <clears throat> in a situation where on a local level, on a situation where some resistance is called for, mm -hmm. you know, where we are now, I think this is the first time certainly in my life that we've had to deal with situations, practical situations in our lives about how we're going to respond to things that feel a little bit like what we read about Germans and that we vilified Germans for mm -hmm. and saying like, how could they have whatever? We're... We're this is the first time, this we first time we've ever been in. Absolutely. Yes. And we don't, and now we're like, whoa, I said all those times in history class, like, not me, not my mum, not whatever. But we're, but we're struggling with that. And I think we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing about it? What are we doing you know, about what it? What am I, yes. what is Betty Powell doing well, She used the I word. What in, is in, Julian Richards doing? So that what are we doing about well, it? Well, that's our responsibility, our individual responsibility our, to stand our, up and witness what we believe all in. All politics are local. And if we don't, um, if we individually don't speak out against something when we see an injustice. That's exactly my we, point. Then 
we're complicit. Yeah, but that's exactly us. my point. But we find ourselves with social media, you know, the world has changed or whatever. So it's not just a case of saying, don't turn that Jewish person away from the bakery or whatever, which is what it would have been in 1936 mm -hmm. or whatever. Now stuff happens on Facebook or yeah. that stuff happens on Instagram or whatever. And you kind of drum your fingers on the table because you're like, oh, really? Am I going to kind of go out there or whatever? Because everybody's watching. And, go and, out there. Go. Well, you do, but it also leaves you a little bit because you do with the flush of rage where you're like, no, you know what? Well, Not do okay. do the flush of rage. Never, ever. Uh, cool down and then go. Because Look. if you don't go. Right. But a really, a really simple exa example in a community that we live in right now is the whole gun thing. Because yeah. we live in a gun, gun, gun place mm -hmm. right now. Big, you know, repeal the DARE Act or whatever the hell it's mm -hmm. called on people's lawns. And obviously what, what went down two weeks ago is a point where you're like, okay, what are we going to do about that? You know, and here you stand up and you start making comments on social media or whatever. You're working very much against the general tenor of the community that you live in. The pe people next door are not going to agree with what you're just saying. Yeah. Vehemently are going to disagree w with what you're just saying. Oh, I don't know uh, about that. I oh. think that's okay. Come no, on. No. I, I think that reason I'm a Republican. I, you are I, not. I am a Republican that will probably not ever vote for a Republican again, but I believe in limited powers. I, I believe in the, 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 the party of Lincoln is the Republican that I am. Did you vote? Betty, where are you going? Where are you going? Oh, stay, no, stay. Stay. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. And, and, and you know that I didn't do that. And, I, how would um, I know? I don't even know you. I have guns. <laughs> now okay. you know him even less. Like, I have well, guns. I really don't know you. Okay, I'm a sportsman, and I've, I've competed guns with, are uh, fine. with guns. And, um, yeah, but why do you need all those guns? Uh, well, for various purposes. Right. Well, um, give me one. Um, do you have an well, AR-15? Of course not. Oh, good. Because those, and this is the reasonable conversation that I can have with other people like me, is the the per, <laughs> the, the purpose and the function of a firearm and and what it's for, and how we can limit to a very responsible degree sure. the people that might be in front of Give us acting reason. out on a weapon. That is bad. Yeah. And that means the security checks and the sure. delays in, in, in licensing and, and passing it on. Skills, blah, 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 it, blah, blah. Licensing you know. and, uh, and, and also training. I mean, there are other countries that have these models. Look at Japan. And they're, and, yeah, Amazing. And they're not bad. And, nope. and they're right in line with what responsible people do anyway. About and, anything. And believe me, the most gun owners, are they are responsible people, and they are appalled at the crazies that go out and do this. So I believe that these conversations can and do happen. But this is the interesting thing. There are crazies like the NRA. These are crazy people. They are. And, and it reminds me of, like, The Mission. Did you ever see that film? Yeah. The, these Jesuits yeah. that go down and they take these people in the jungle and they teach them how to, you know, have a better life and how to touch God in ways through music and, and spirit. And, and so there's this conflict of ownership and commerce. So the Spanish church comes over and they just decide, well, we're going to kill everybody. And that's going to be the end of this thing. That's why and, I left the Catholic Church, and, actually. Yeah. <laughs> is what, because well, of what? But in this, because of all those things. Yeah, you know, I know. Just, but yes, I know that the church would be behind um, the evil powers rather mm -hmm. than be behind the Jesuits that Nazism. believed in God and the simplicity of the message. Um, but the NRA is that the Spanish Inquisition, as far as I'm concerned. They they're, are. They're, they're crazy people. And, and, and there's nothing that they're trying to do in defending our Second Amendment that is in the greater good of our people. No. Okay, we can have, we can, we can have our guns, and, but we don't need to have weapons of, if you will, mass destruction that way. But they will, there's this thing about power. You take a hundred good people, and they can be counterbalanced with one really evil person. Seems like it, yeah. No, that's that's the equation. And and one evil person can come in and so quickly do so much damage. And and, and again, the mission is just such an unbelievably mm -hmm. horrid example of how that works. And it and it and it will always work and our history show that. And that's my cynicism that you can be one of a thousand good people standing up and saying no and there can be one person at the other end of it with that gun 
that's just going to decide I'm going to take it out. And that person can be a crazy teenager or it can be a politician or it can be a policy. But, um, you know, that's how that's how power is exercised. And um, and it always has been and always will be. And I don't think it's ever really going to change much. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's all of that. But coming back to my original point is, like, I find myself, maybe I just have too much time on my hands living in a small village. Yes, you do. I, right. Let me tell you. But that, I find um, myself... I see you walking the streets no, by but, yourself no, all but, of the time. No, but I do find myself personally compromised. <laughs> thinking, I can feel you're <laughs> melting snow no, as you walk along. You're no, but I do, so I do find myself... You know, on the one hand, if you're working with, like, working with Winnie on this project or whatever, where you're seeing villages and you're like, man, look at them. Look at them where... You know, you have like a bird's eye view of what was going on in th at that time, mm -hmm. and then you have a bird's eye view of your own story, and you're like, wait, like complicity? How can you be raging against the complicity of people who look the other way and do whatever it is in that scenario when you're standing there and like smiling? I do a lot of simpering around you the can't, village. Actually, so you can't. You do not simper. I do. I do. How do you simper? I simper you because mean? I realize, like, I have a, I have my own little role in the soap opera in the village to smile and you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I don't go down there. I don't go down to Russell's, or I don't do anything and be like, you know what? Actually, this is not cool or whatever. I just, I just toe the line and play my little game, so, and then retreat to my house, and then and then bang off the walls. I'm like, why so, am I here? You told me once. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I it don't. was at Christmas time. I don't. <laughs> this is going to be good. Right? She, ha she has I a memory, Julian. Julian, you are in such I trouble now. I just innocently came up to you and, and reintroduced myself because I didn't think you remembered oh, me. Uh, the, you did not acknowledge me in any way whatsoever. Oh, that's because that's I'm not, I don't know which way to look. <laughs> You're not alone. So, um, <laughs> at, the you know, at the carol service thing. This well, Christmas. You're talking about this Christmas. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, you said... They will determine your role in the community. You will not determine it. Did he say that? They will determine it. He was testing you. And you may make a misstep, which I think I already had. <laughs> By then, Good girl. by talking to me, and I thought maybe no, exactly. I thought maybe you already knew about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought, you know, I'm not saying they as a specific body. I'm just saying, like, we are not in control of our own destiny within no, even the not. village. No, you didn't mean that. You meant Who? that the people in the town will no. determine my role I in meant, the community. I meant that the, story, the, 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 the story is bigger than us. I meant that we will be defined by the story, not by ourselves. But those criticisms, okay. those criticisms That's the same thing. And, and that advice agree. are all, all no. forms. Betty, let me talk to you a little bit. <laughs> Um, and this is this is something that uh, Julian needs to hear too. That kind of criticism and that kind of advice and insight is really kind of a projection of what people are experiencing on themselves. It yeah, does, that mean, doesn't have so much to do with you. It wasn't solicited advice. Yeah, you know, that... he didn't ask for it. I just he, gave just, it. he needed to get it out. <laughs> Did I chase you down the, the street? The, the I've town, got more to say. The town, had, the town had absolutely defined him during the Christmas period, and he needed to get it off his chest. <laughs> No, but, but you know what I was saying there. No, I, well, I, mean, I don't. I guess I didn't. I guess I'm what I'm saying. What you I, I guess what I'm saying is that the soap opera, and it is a soap opera, is not. We 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 aren't. We don't get to write our own rules. That's exactly what you said. Yeah, we don't get to write our own rules. But I would just. Words. I would. So Other disagree. people write them for us. Disagree with that a hundred percent. How can you? I get to write my own. <sighs> My own life. No, I do. Don't. No, oh. yes. Oh, come on. Within, if, yes, I do. within, do the, not, within the play? Within no. the play. If you don't, I it's do. It's a play within the play. Only in your own head. Shakespeare no, did no. plays within the play. No, you've got, you got to think everybody else is going to. Uh, no. No, they don't override you don't, me. You do not think that. They only they in your own head. override me. Only in your own head. Okay, so you, here's an example. Okay, so you walk down the village. You're like, I have written my own story. I know who I am in this village or whatever. You go down there. And then you spend an hour in Russell's and you're like, wait, I'm not perceived in the way that I want to be perceived. I'm not well, writing my own story. Here's the thing. Because though, the story's Julian, being written outside of you. I'm not interested in how I'm perceived. Yes, we all are. I'm not. I don't believe you. No, I don't she, care. You're you looking at a not. set of principles I'm here, not. Julian. You're <laughs> seeing something I am unique. Becoming, I mean, I'm this person and I'm here. And I have good qualities to offer. I have negative qualities to offer. 
and this okay. is who I am. And if people don't, people, I think people will like what they see. Uh, but if they don't, then that's up to them. No, I think, but realistically. I have my home. I, me too. <laughs> me too. I've got all of that. And I'm like, I've got my daughter, I've got whatever. And I can put my hands around all of that. But on the other hand, there's just a basic human thing, which is we like to be liked. We like to be able to walk down the village and not have to look away from I some like people. I like to be liked for who I am. I'm not going to become someone else to be liked. Don't we compromise a little? I'm not. No, I'm not. I will not. I will not. <laughs> look at you looking at me. I compromise all over the place. Well, that's well, your bad. Julian, this might be the first time <laughs> this is might be the first time you've met a true southern woman. Oh, I don't know no. If it's, it's not no. a southern woman thing. It's not southern at all. It's, it's not even that, woman, or you know, southern and woman. I've lived a long, 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 long time. I'm very, very old. <laughs> <laughs> In spite of evidence to the contrary. Continue and, on, Betty. You know, so, you know, I just say I don't know what I can say, but I just say <laughs> that, you know, I am who I am. Like, what, what was let, the Spanish guy I am? Listen, or? let me, yes, I am what I am, and that's all that yes, I, am. I am. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Popeye the Sailor I'll take it up just a notch right. um, from Popeye. Um, Betty and you, Julian, mm-hmm. and me, Steve, and, and my wife, and, and Winnie are all points of light that, um, that, through what they do and what they say, have a luminescence that attracts people to look at them. And that light, if you will, is a form of a constellation that changes with the lights in a community. And when you say that the community will define you, I would say that the lights in the community define the community in terms of the shape of that constellation. If we brought in a hundred Bettys, the community would change because the light would change. And Betty, for what she is and what she believes in and the fact that she is comfortable in her own skin and will talk to the events of the town from that perspective will change. As she said, Every bit of energy that we put out isn't lost, and, and we will absorb that, and, and it will change us. I mean, there's, I believe that we are an extremely plastic, morphing, ever-morphing group. Communities are, too. The community will not change or make or define us um, to the degree that our purpose and our sense of self will influence the community back. Um, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that was plenty. If I had to say anything more, I'd be bullshitting. <laughs> and oh, I'm not going to bullshit. I thought the entire uh, second I, half. I'm not going to. No. <laughs> uh, I, I, I guess I'm not capable of bullshitting. Okay. I don't want to reiterate what I, I don't want to reiterate what I'm saying. All, all I'm saying is within the comfort zone of the fact that you know you can say there's no compromise and all that kind of stuff, which I like the idea of. For me, I found that the, at those points where there is no compromise, that's left me looking at the possibility of loneliness. Oh, mm. I, I hear what you're saying and mm. I understand, but um, I don't see it that way. You know, I just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's all right. <laughs> I, I understand agree. what you're saying, but it's rubbish. I mean, <laughs> even by myself, I'm not lonely. Oh, yeah. God, I am. How I can you not be lonely? Yeah. I love being alone. Uh, being alone is one thing, but lonely is different. Lonely is I'm woven. Never, I'm never lonely. Man, wo- lonely is woven into the fabric of being in Delaware County. I don't know how to be mm. lonely. I yes, you do. In my home, uh, my whole life. Can I teach? Can I, do you want to come over for some lessons? I can totally I can can give you some lessons. Maybe, um. I should do, maybe I should do a blog. <laughs> on on not being people. lonely? Um, <laughs> He's just decided to come in. How not yeah, Whatever you were saying, he was like completely lit up. Th- this is our succession plan. Captain Tripps has walked in. and. Hi. Uh, He's, he's got a sense of gravity to him. Um, and this is doesn't Captain it's... Trips. This is Betty. Anyway, we're closing it out right Do, now. Doesn't it race by? Oh, an hour. we're not, are we? Yeah, we're, we're just starting to Told scratch you. into it. Can we do another? Told you. Yeah, we've got, well, hour? we've got the ride back to Bovina where the real <laughs> stuff happens. You said what? You, <laughs> you've got the recording you, device in. You are. That's what our show should be. That we should record be. everybody's journey back yeah, because where they finally, <laughs> where they finally melt up. like a... <laughs> <laughs> 
we um, we've been very uh, I guess gifted and, and um, honored to have Betty Powell, the newest member of the Bovinian tribe, with us tonight. This is this is what she's taught us tonight, and this is what we're going to learn from her as she shapes our community. Stand up for what you believe. Be comfortable in in um, the rightness of, of the shape of your heart. Never, ever back off of what it is that um, you're currently reading, even if it is from the newspaper. And um, and bake really good cookies and put them out on your front stoop with a sign saying, have a nice day. That's kind of what I'm That's I not about. actually something you did, no? No, but she... Oh, made. that was a metaphor. No, but I love the idea I'm just trying to prime that. the pump right. here. That's great. Right. We've got all those days coming up. I will do that. Once, yeah. once spring breaks, it's like one crazy community day after oh, another where we're, yeah, man. like Divina Day and That's this day great. and that day. You've got it all coming. Love it. <laughs> we thank you for listening to the Evening Tickler this week. Come back again next week, and we will have more beguiling and silly conversation to amuse you with. Darling, will you marry me twice? Once for my head. And once for the rest of me.